Hello and welcome to the Dorsey Wright podcast for the week ending on May 27th. Uh, my name is Ian Saunders and joining us here as well today is Will Gibson. Uh, Will, it's good to uh, good to good to have us back in the office here. I know we've we've taken a week or so off from this podcast. We uh, we, we were out out of town last week at the uh, NDW Spring Symposium out west, out in Las Vegas. So hopefully some of you listening in were, were some of those people that we had the opportunity to meet out there. Hope, hopefully you had a good good time at the symposium. I know that we did. It was good to good to finally see people face to face again. It's been a long time, two and a half years since we were able to do one of those in person. Yeah, yeah, seriously, no. it was it was a great time to be out there see people that we get to talk to over the phone and email in person. It's, it was a great event and taking a break from media for a week, we were prepping for the podcast and we're like, wow, we haven't talked about this stuff on the podcast or in our weekly rundown for two weeks now. So I know we got a stack of stuff that we'd like to at least give some updates on and our, our thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like Will said, there's a, we, we might, might've been a not quite as opportune time to take a couple weeks off for, from, yeah. or take a week or so off from doing the podcast there. But um, there has been a lot of market movement that has gone on over the course of the past couple of weeks. Um, I mean, starting, starting broad, right. Starting looking at that major asset class picture, you see a picture that has, hasn't changed a ton, but really kind of seen story more of the same over the past couple of weeks, just more amplified movement, really. I mean, starting with commodities, we've seen commodities kind of maintain a lot of resiliency, holding on to that top spot in the dollar rankings. You look at the commodity groups or some of the only groups scoring above that 4.0 score threshold on the asset class group scores page. Um, domestic equities on the other side, other side of the coin, not not doing too hot over the past couple of weeks. Um, for looking at that that longer term kind of time horizon in the Dolly rankings, we've seen the domestic equities asset class lose what fifty five buy signals over the course of just since just since May sixth. Um, looking here, down dropping to a buy signal tally count of one hundred ninety nine buy signals. So pretty distant from commodities up there at three sixteen. Uh, domestic equities getting kind of closer to those those lower ranked areas there in, in the rankings, but we still see it holding on to that second position at at this at this point in time. And I think a, a lot of the the movement that we've seen, a lot of the commentary that we've seen over the course of the past couple of weeks. I mean, you've seen this major sell off. You're seeing a lot of indicators getting into washout territory, which we'll get into here more more in just a sec. And you're seeing some of the things start start to tick a bit higher. So when you're looking at the relative strength side of the coin, that stuff tends to be a little bit more slower moving, a big, bigger picture, longer term view. And we're still we've still seen a, a degrading of buy signals from the broader domestic equity space. Looking at some of the near to immediate term view, you're seeing things start to at least try to swing a little bit higher. At the time of this recording, on, on when we're recording the podcast here on Thursday afternoon on May 26th, we're seeing the NASDAQ up over, over 2.5%, the S&P up over 2%. We're seeing the past couple of days of market movement show show a little bit of push to the upside, pretty pretty notable push to the upside for the S and P. I mean, coming into this week, Will, I know that you and I were talking. We we've seen what seven consecutive down weeks for the S and P five hundred. Uh, it's been been pretty notable, and it looks like we're we're about to break that trend with some of the movement, at least that we've seen over the course of the past week. Yeah, yeah, we we would certainly hope so on that front. It's been it's been brutal beneath the surface too, because if you look at the S&P, you've been like flirting with bear market territory for a while here. But if you look beneath the surface at those individual names, it's been much more uncomfortable probably than the broad indexes are masking. If you look at the individual representatives above their 50-day moving average or the individual representatives that are on point and figure buy signals or any of those participation metrics, those have been at extremely washed out territory for a while now. As you mentioned, we have seen a positive week. And with that positive week, that has affected some of our indicators in a, 
a, a good way. I mean, put bluntly, there's a number of short-term in, in, indicators that I'll hit on here in just a moment that I've, have, have ticked higher. But one kind of comment I'll interject here but before we get to that is we like to run a piece, and it's been timely lately, that the best and worst days you tend to see cluster together. So when we were out in Vegas with many of you and many of others, we were seeing some of the worst days for the market, at least year to date, not necessarily historically over the past 20 years or anything have some perspective on that, but at least year to date, you've seen some of the worst days. And then at the same time, you've seen some of the best days couple around those worst days where it's it's really difficult to sidestep all of those entirely at least, but kind of using them as some of these short-term indicators to help us determine that maybe we're in some type of near, near-term bottoming process where you're seeing some demand follow through is, is a good sign. And that's probably what we should um, hit, hit on. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, you look at some of the different performance, like you see in the in major swings in the market. I mean, especially we've seen that on an intraday perspective, too. I mean, you're talking about at the, the early stages of this decline, things were trying to kind of hold on and then you'd see things sell up pretty hard later in the day. Right. No one wanted to hold stocks going into the weekend. A lot of times you saw some pretty sharply negative movement on later stages in the week on Thursdays and Fridays. And in that picture shifted a little bit, at least over the course of the past week. Uh, we ran a piece in the Daily Report um, earlier this week um, that was looking at just the percentage of trading days so far this year that the S&P 500 has seen a, a low to close rally um, of at least 1%. So a positive move from the low for the day to um, to the close, not necessarily ending positive, but at least bouncing significantly yeah. off of that low. Um, we, we've seen at, at the point when we wrote this article, 39 days of market action through trading on Monday that, that saw that action occur. I believe we're now at 41 days with movement over the last couple of days, but roughly about 40% of the trading days so far this year have seen the S&P move from, its close, move from a low to close at least 1% intraday. Um, the only other years going back to 1987 that we've seen that magnitude or, or that's many days um, looking at 2008 and 2009 as the only other times. And yeah. there's been a lot of comparisons to 2008, 2009 environments over the course of the past couple of weeks. Not saying that this environment is going to be 2008, going to be 2009. <laughs> um, every market environment is different. And this one is, is certainly has its own unique stance to it. Um, but it's pretty interesting to note that this volatility, I mean, is, we're reaching some pretty unprecedented levels in terms of intraday swings, intraday movement higher. Um, but it is a good sign to see this, this intraday swings higher at least see, show some demands coming back into the picture, right? We're, we're, yeah. we're showing that people are at least willing to hold on to stocks for maybe over the weekend. Like we saw the, I think the last 15 minutes of trading on Friday was when you saw that massive 1% move to, to end muted or just slightly positive on the day. Um, that people are lo- look, looking to hold on to stocks for maybe a little bit longer than they had previously. And, and that's leading to some of the indicator changes that we've seen. Um, I know that we've, we've been, uh, been one of the, most frequently monitored near-term indicators is that NYSE high-low indicator, which just for those listening as a refresher, just measures the percentage of stocks in the New York Stock Exchange making a new 52-week high relative to those making a new 52-week high or low. So basically, stocks making a new high relative to stocks making any extreme. Ideally, you'd like to see that number moving higher in a bullish market environment. Um, This indicator tends to move at pretty extreme levels. So I mean, it got down uh, all the way down to the 6% level 
with movements throughout the, the month of May, which is, which is pretty low. Movement below 10% tends to be pretty low. And then with movement over the past week, we've seen it reverse back up to, to a chart level of 12% there, um, which I know what we were talking about from a forward return perspective, or just in, in looking at how the market typically does. I mean, reversals up from the 10% generally tend to be pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looking one month out for the S&P 500. After that high low goes below 10%, it's about 2%. After that, three months out are about 4%, six months, 8%, and then one year out was an average return of about 18% coming out once that high-low goes below 10%, which, which we had happen here. So there's probably a lot of mean erosion going on there. And then in many instances, a building of some type of new uptrend. So it is helpful to see when you get to washed out territory and then you finally get that reversal back up, which is what's happening. What? through close yesterday, you got that reversal back up into X's. That's been a good sign for us, at least on the short-term front. Some other sh shorter-term indicators that I'll mention as well are, or one of them is the 10-week for the New York Stock Exchange. So a bit different than that high-low. The 10-week is measuring the percentage of stocks trading above their 50-day moving average. And that reversed back up into X's yesterday as well so the same day as as the high low that is coming out of chart territory of about 20 percent. so not as extreme as the high low reading but still a positive that actually put in a higher bottom so prior to that you were at 14 percent on the 10 week you bottomed at 20 percent, and now we're moving higher so that's another good sign both of those short-term indicators are in x's and kind of moving up that pole you saw the bullish percent for the new york stock exchange that actually went into x's earlier so before the 10 week and the high low so all three of those are in a column with x's right now coming out a low field position which is a pretty constructive and promising sign at least for the near term and from a technical front yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it's interesting too. I mean, we typically look at, we talk about the near term, the intermediate term, the long term, right? I mean, the high, low and the 10 week tend to be more kind of near term focus right. indicators. Your bullish percent, we, we generally tend to think of as more intermediate term indicators. And, and like you said, we did see that swing higher before the near term stuff did. And just to conceptualize that, I mean, the, the, the high, low and the 10 week are looking at moving averages, right? So we're stuff like the BPs, maybe in this choppy market environment, you're getting a lot of volatility. It might be quicker, something to pop back and go to a buy signal. And it might be to kind of undo that, that moving average right. deal, which I think is an important thing for people to keep in mind. But nonetheless, seeing them reverse higher in conjunction with one another yeah. is, is what we want to be looking for. Yeah. Um, but it's important to keep in mind that, like we said, I mean, we've gotten this chop back and forth. We've seen, like you said, some of the most sharply negative down days paired with the sharply negative update up days that leads to some back and forth movement on charts, which leads to changes from an indicator perspective. But I mean, it's important to keep in mind that just because something is, is moving higher, I mean, we'd like to see kind of further confirmation before really cementing a move. Um, I mean, you look at like the high-low index, I mean, it, it has worked out most of the time that we've seen reversals up from below 10%, mm -hmm. but not every time. I mean, you look at 2018, we saw it swing lower in October, get down to 6%, get go higher in November, go back up to 34% and then all of a sudden fall all the way back down to 2% by the end of December of 2018. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's just an important thing to keep in mind. We're looking at these for historical context to help provide some perspective, but where we can see things potentially move, but it just seeing things push higher, we do still are still waiting for that kind of further confirmation on the longer term point of view. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we were talking before, there are certainly opportunities, areas you can look toward. That doesn't mean just because we haven't seen some of the longer term stuff swing higher, 
that doesn't mean you can't do anything at, at the current moment, right? I mean, we, we've seen a lot of changes in leadership. We've seen new sectors coming into the fold. And that sector strength has really kind of been continued throughout this downturn. Um, so I think, as we were saying, I mean, focusing on those areas of strength, those stronger RS areas, those high-ranked sectors, high-ranked sizes and styles, I mean, are potential places that we you could kind of look towards as, as we to, to see if this kind of um, th- this balance is something that can be sustained. Yeah, yeah, and one thing I want to go back on in just a second about some of the, the volatility that you said with the market, but also with the indicator-wise, getting to these washed-out territories, you typically typically you see some type of indicator volatility as well at those levels. It's not just market volatility, but you actually see some indicator volatility. So with the whether it's the bullish percent or the high-low or the 10-week, it's not common to see this elevator move, like where you go to heavily wash out and straight back up. That happened in 2020, and that happened somewhat at the end of 2018 as well. But the historical precedent is actually to see some chop in those indicators before you eventually resolve higher. So if you're looking at these and you're seeing a multitude of these reverse up, yes, that's a good sign. And yes, historically, that has been a good buying opportunity. But keep in mind that volatility is we, we, we see it typically remain high around these levels, and that doesn't mean there may not be another opportunity to come back in. doesn't mean that right now is a bad opportunity, but you may get an, an, another one. Now, Ian, and to, to kind of what you were just saying about the leadership coming out of some of the, you're using some of these indicators to identify that, is that you've seen a lot of bullish percents and participation readings across the board for all sectors, whether strong or weak sector gets washed out territory. So maybe looking at some of the longer term readings to say, okay, where's the trend for us? Like, where's their favorable relative strength? Those sectors we're still going to want to be focusing on and maybe building our allocation there. It's not something that says, oh, just because XYZ sector is washed out, I'm going to go load up on it now. In some instances, those bullish percents coming out of washed out territory could be a sign to maybe trim out of some of those laggard areas, you know, sell into rallies and then kind of further orient your portfolio towards those strong sectors. Yeah, yeah, I think that's an important uh Definitely an important thing to keep in mind. I mean, we're seeing, I mean, the technology sector is something yeah. that everybody's talking about, right? I mean, a lot of these names have been beat up much worse than most of the other broader market. And and looking, I mean, you cover up the names, you look at some of these charts. I mean, they're not the same charts that we saw in the 2020 decline. They're not the same yeah. charts that we saw in the 2018 decline. Technology is not holding on to the same technical ranking that we saw at a lot of those times either. And so I think that's an important thing to keep in mind. It's not a, it's not, it's not the time to be, be, be covering up your eyes and just throwing darts at a wall of tech stocks, right? Yeah. Um, or, or, or consumer discretionary, some of these areas that have been beaten up pretty bad. Now, their time certainly may come back, um, but at least using the indicators, using the readings for what we have currently, the time's not right now, right. right? And so I think, like you said, I mean, if you're holding on to some of these names, hoping it's going to bounce, you might get a bounce, and that might be a better opportunity to reorient the portfolio towards those, those current those current momentum, those current leaders in the marketplace. Um, I mean, in looking at some of the other broader broader picture, broader market movement, that idea of kind of confirmation is something that we've continued to, to plan at things. We started things off looking at that broader relative strength Dolly tool. We still see domestic equities over the past couple of days, over the past week, continue to lose buy signals from that broader relative strength perspective, while we're starting to see some of these near-term stuff swing higher. I mean, so you would you would ideally like to see some of those buy signals at least stop losing buy signals, right, from the longer-term perspective. <laughs> perspective with with some of these near-term movement going higher and we'll probably see that with some of the strong upwards moves some other indicators and stuff i mean we focused on the high low some of the near term we focused on the bullish percent some of the more intermediate term um but personally one that i i, I like to continue to monitor is, is the uh looking at some of the positive trend the pt charts 
I mean, that, that percent positive trend for the S&P 500 uh, is something that's frequently referenced about the 50% threshold, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd ideally, I mean, it's simply taken a measure, the percentage of stocks in the S&P 500 trading in a positive trend. Right now we're at 34%. Um, move, most of the gains, the broader market um, improvement for the S&P comes when that indicator is above 50. And so seeing it cross beneath 50 is definitely indicative of a, of a poor market environment. Um, but another thing to kind of keep a, can I have for, even though we're pretty far away from 50, is looking at those reversal points. I mean, we saw in 2020, we reversed up right at the beginning of April 2020. In 2019, we reversed up in January of 2019. I mean, you've seen a lot of these. It might not, it's not going to be the first thing. It's a more longer term focus. It takes more work to to move back to a positive trend than it will to move back to a buy signal. But I think monitoring that too, we're, we haven't seen that start to tick higher yet. Um, that, that's something, at least personally, that um, I'm kind of keeping an eye out for and at least setting an alert on uh, yeah. to make sure if we do see this kind of com confirmed continue to be swinging higher, that's definitely another place to continue to monitor there. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a great kind of next indicator, if you will, uh, after some of the ones that we've already seen roll higher. That would definitely be one next on my list as well to give me some further confidence, if you will, kind of weight, weight of the evidence. That would add, but most certainly. And then maybe just kind of wrapping out here, broad picture wise, these are all trend following momentum based indicators. And quite honestly, the environment's actually set itself up to be favorable for a lot of momentum strategies. You look at some of the models and how they've been allocated, some of the indicators, kind of macro indicators as well. They've been positioned for this commodities and honestly kind of defensive sector tilt. So we like that for momentum as a whole and kind of continuing to see leaders lead and laggers lag is what we would hope for and for for our strategies right now. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, and there's no shortage of, of stuff that we can continue to, to, to monitor and follow. I mean, we've thrown out a lot of different charts, thrown out a lot of different indicators. We're trying to talk about as much as possible, given <laughs> we haven't had the opportunity to talk about it yeah. for a couple of weeks here. Um, but as always, if there's any kind of questions on any of these indicators or anything you see, for those that are subscribers, those that are on the um, following along with us on the site, please do reach out to us. I mean, welcome, more than welcome to, to reach out to us there via email at dwa at dorseywright.com or via the phone 804-320-8511. Um, any, anyone who's, who's kind of following along, we do understand that this is this difficult market environment. Um, and that's why we hope that we can be here to try to try, try to um, at least at least help help with some of the understanding of, of what's going on from that price movement, that technical perspective. So. Well, I mean, it's great to great to be here face to face again, doing this podcast. And thank you, uh, thank you everyone for for listening, tuning in to us this week, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week.